Yo, 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 what's going on? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support internationally, domestically. We really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, hopefully we give you a point of view you didn't think about. But I wanted to give you a heads up on this episode. We're reviewing Gemini Man, the movie that just recently came out. And also, um, we're talking about cloning. So, but the reason why I'm giving this little intro is to let you know that definitely check out the visual podcast on this. Cameron Rod did a great job with the visuals this week. And I want you guys to see it. So very important. Make sure you go check it out. Thank you for supporting again. Upgrade America podcast. Peace. Oh, man. What's up, world? We are on the Upgrade America podcast. I'm Cameron Ra. Here with CJ the Day Slayer. What's up, Today. Listeners. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, indeed. I, and I keep forgetting. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, listening, and taking time to watch this show. Everyone around the globe, United States, Europe, and beyond, appreciate it. Um, you got any opening remarks? No, nah, man. Let's talk about some interesting issues from the current movie Gemini Man. Awesome flick, Will Smith. Yeah. Love what you do. Big fan. I can't wait to have you on the podcast. So, um, Gemini Man, just to break it down, synopsis or um, high level. It is about a world-class hitman played by Will Smith. And he had a pretty lengthy career. Fantastic uh, work. I'll get into detail in a moment. But anyways, um... He ends up getting targeted by his clone. And that's all I'm going to disclose at the moment. But um, I suppose I want I do want to ask you about the, the train shot, the shot on the train. Opening scenes, his first job, the first job where he shows he has to take out the guy in the train. And he's two kilometers away with a sniper rifle. Unfortunately... Unfortunately, I missed that part. I just missed that part when I walked in. Oh, man. I looked, I looked at the movie times, and I thought it was like I seen another movie time, and I thought I had time. But it was actually already started. I didn't know. I was like, oh, crap. So I went in there. And I was, so I just probably just missed that. I heard about it because the chick mentioned it in the movie, so. Yes. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, like, since you missed it, I might as well tell you. So Yeah, yeah, that's the only part of, I missed. I one of the contracts that he has to take out is um, it's this guy, he's on a train. It's uh, I do believe it's going through Europe, so I'm assuming it's one of those ice trains going at, like, what, 200 kilometers an hour or is it more? A bit more. A little more, yeah. Could be a little so, more. Take that into consideration, and then he's two kilometers away. 
and it's a moving target and pretty much he had to shoot through the glass on the train and, and took the guy out i'm like i'm just seeing him set up for this and i'm like is that even possible like how would you even train to to do that that objective i don't know man either way fantastic film so tell me what why don't you might as well tell me where you did jump in at when i walked in like he was credit for rolling and that mountain message <laughs> Nah, when I walked in, he was talking to, I guess, his handler. Okay. That's when I walked in. He was like, yo, I'm retiring. Like, I caught that. That's exactly where I walked in. At. And then uh, I was like, I knew I missed something. I was like, shit. But I knew I didn't miss too much. But I knew I missed a little bit. So, so in, in that, um, that job that I described, he almost took out a, uh, a child. Yes, I remember him describing that. So he's saying that, he, he he intended to hit the guy for the headshot, and he ended up hitting him in the throat. It was like six inches off target, and um, you know, in that line of work, six inches could be life or death, and life or death of collateral damage. Mm-hmm. And it's it could have been that uh, the child. But very compelling film. So um, I guess one of the strongest themes in there is cloning, and. Mm-hmm. From your opinion, is there any practical application, any reason why we would have to clone an entire human being? Like, I get cloning organs and cloning skin of that nature, but an entire human being, is there any practical application for that? Morally and ethically, I don't see it. Mm. Just something doesn't sit right with me with that. Um, the organs and all that, I agree with those. Those okay. things, yes. But watching the movie and seeing the effects of cloning, I guess, so to speak, that's what made me be like, mm, nah, I'm good on that. That was a bit weird, too. Just uh, really seeing or empathizing with uh, what was going on with that. Particularly yeah. the the young guy finding that out. It's one thing to find out, like, you know, you're adopted or something else like yeah. that. But then it's like to find out that you're a clone, like that you're conceptually, uh, that's it's mind blowing. And um, it was very uncanny seeing the, you know, the uniqueness or I'm sorry, that the, that they shared those so many uh, similarities. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they are physically identical, but, you know, it really makes you question the whole uh, theory of nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I got a question. That's said, so... No on the cloning? Yeah, because, I mean, think about who would have access to cloning in the U.S. We're just going to keep it just on the U.S. Who would have access to that? You already know the military and uh, the wealthy industries and in, what have And then... Go wrong. Yeah, like, I'm looking at it, and then all the other, obviously, terrorist op- applications, military applications, like... What is the terrorist application? So what is the terrorist application of cloning? Cloning somebody to carry out terrorist acts. They don't feel nothing to worry, no family to worry about. 
Boom. Oh, so, okay, so in this particular scenario, we're using the cloning and the genetic altercations as mm -hmm. shown in the second clone. It came out all beast mode and parkour yeah. on it. That was, it was pretty tough. Yeah, no, no emotion, no fear, no, doesn't get tired, like all that shit. Mm -hmm. All militaries are vying for that. You don't think terrorist groups are not vying for that either? Mm -hmm. They can get their hands on that too? I can see that, and I could see that there as uh, another aspect of uh, future warfare. But what was your question for me? Um, damn, I lost it now. Um, but it it did raise a question. Okay, remember we talked about Amazon getting too big, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that? Do you think naturally that would be their next step? Is PMC? <sighs> If not um, an umbrella underneath it, um, I could totally see them getting into that. And here's how I could see them doing that. Eventually, they would be, let's say they're doing business in hostile nations. For some reason, they're in Syria providing mm -hmm. some sort of services. But those services are being disrupted because of terrorism and hostilities and things of that nature. I could totally see them just like they developed their own um, shipping, which I applaud them for it. Two-day shipping, I love it. I could mm -hmm. totally see them having their own security forces to protect their uh, their operations in, in hostile areas. But again, that's just speculations of a future that could come or could not. But um, what would be your uh, your thoughts on that? You can you have the right to protect your interest your, your company indeed i think it just gets a dangerous territory because you got a food supply chain whole foods yes obviously you have technology cloud web services all that stuff right indeed. and then now you have the physical that physical part so say congress said nah you're not gonna do that well they're paying people to protect them and be loyal to Amazon, right? It's not only that, it's um, like Congress has like countless documents, I imagine, stored on AWS. Oops, all your files got deleted. <laughs> yeah, like, so now you can be on some ransomware shit with Congress or other high priority companies, you know, technology companies or whatever, news companies, like, media companies that's another thing to consider like that is a possibility and i don't want to beat up amazon like i am no, no. just using i mean to be fair be the richest man in the world have a very large corporation it's a um it's just a scenario you know this could very well happen to a, another organization that could, that could become powerful but in this in the movie Gemini, man, the actual PMC company was called Gemini. And mm -hmm. they went around the world, they did contracts, and um, they did military stuff, spec ops stuff, you know, CIA stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And just like we have paramilitary corporations, there's also intelligence corporations that, you know, operate somewhat like uh, Central Intelligence does. What are your thoughts, man? Because you gotta remember, when things are publicly traded, they're profit-driven. Yeah. It's not 
like you're just like, hey, I'm doing this for the good of the country because you swore a sacred oath, as the members of government and military do. But when mm-hmm. it's just like, yo, <laughs> the shareholders want to see them, the stocks go up, like, yeah, and there could be conflicts of interest. Yeah, that's the that's the thing you run into with private military contractors. It's you're doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. So whoever pays the most, that's who you're doing that for. That's the part, the loyalty. I'm not saying you can't have traders in traditional government and military. We got history of that. Not too much, at least to what we know. Mm-hmm. But it exists. Um, that's my biggest concern. Where does your loyalty really lie? Is it the coin? Or is it Will you, will you use your morals to be like, you know what, I'm fighting for this money, like I'm getting paid to do this, but mm-hmm. my country still comes first. Well, um, it's tough to say. Even uh, Niccolo Machiavelli and his manuscript of the Prince talks about the use of mercenaries and um, their allegiance is hardly to the state. It's it's often to coin, and he emphasizes that the majority of your forces should not be mercenaries. Like, cause again, you know, at the end of the day, their 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 loyalty is to the purse. But you know, when you have troops, you have soldiers. They raise their right hand. They swore that oath to pretend, protect the constitution against all uh, enemies, foreign and domestic. You know, they they swore an oath that that tends to uh, you know to mean something. But um, I don't want to say we should limit like how big they can be mm-hmm. and um, particularly in contractors there needs to be some sort of Geneva conventions like uh, yeah, that's another thing set in place because again I, I, I like the concept because one of the particular there's so many pros to it and I know there's a plethora of cons but I mean like for one the cost two you're not putting U.S. troops on the ground. These are, are, are people who signed up, they know what they're getting into, and it's for the money. And three, PR. And what I mean by PR is um, these PMCs, war is a dirty job. Mm-hmm. It is a very dirty job, and uh, we do our best to do it cleanly, but sometimes it gets sticky, and that's how you get ants. But we send in a paramilitary company it's like, mm-hmm. say they do do a, a job and they do a bad job rather than the media pointing their finger at bad U.S. government, bad military, bad Marines, bad Army, bad, you know, Air Force, Airmen, we behave. That's the sound. Rather than, you know, rather than them blaming the military, they're going to be like, bad uh, Blackwater. <laughs> and they just change their name to like... They changed their name like three or four times. They just changed their name, but again, it's like it's almost like the entity, the corporate entity, takes the blame for the dirty job. And then if it's unsatisfactory, you can just get another corporate entity to do that. And as we are drawing our forces back and <laughs> centering our, our our forces more on the home front, we still need global stability. We still need to do this global policing but i think it should be we should outsource that outsource it to confident outfits that uh you know can do this uh, this paramilitary job but 
again, we need regulation. We need some sort of oversight. So, what are your thoughts, man? Do you think that's possible if they are? Because I'm pretty sure these organizations are lobbying at, at Congress in Washington for these no, contracts. I'm not against PMCs because it also provides veterans with employment too. A lot of veterans go that route. Spec, spec ops, stuff like that. Million um, dollar contracts? You betcha. Yeah, so... dollars tax free? That's why I'm torn on it because it gives us jobs. So, you know, my heart's always it's there. Industry. It, it definitely is. But uh, again, as I mentioned... Um, Peace in the Middle East, I totally foresee, but um, global pe world peace, no time soon. But um, yeah, the military should be used to protect America, and we should be using um, other contractors to do some of our operations overseas. So I guess how would that affect like CIA, like these other intelligence organizations? So you gotta remember, like the, a lot of these contractors. Let's uh, let's use former Blackwater, the company formerly known as Blackwater. They employ a lot of seals, a lot of special forces, a lot of spec op guys, and spec ops tend to work with CIA in their military careers. They're, I, I imagine they're able to be cleared, you know, to still work with operations. And I'm very confident that CIA currently has. They're, they're select vendors of, of contractors that they work with too. Outsourcing is where it's at. It's, um, you know, we do it in IT, we're doing it in defense too. How did watching Gemini make you feel as an American citizen? Like in the sense of privacy and... Oh, wow. You remember the, the scene where you're on the boat and they're like... Yeah. And then you see a drone flying overhead. And it heard every word that really put it into perspective. <laughs> like, I already know they're listening on this. Of course. But it's yeah. like, you know, when I'm trying to be slick and be like, so, yo, yo, Chris, like, bodies are hidden like plastic. It left all the iPhones and stuff in the car. But no, there's pesky drones flying overhead and it's hearing everything said. But um, that put it into perspective, like, the, the, the state of surveillance. And mm -hmm. then um, when I saw the trailer for Gemini Man, I'm like, okay, he's a hitman, yada, yada. I was under the impression it was like some black market hitman. So yeah, me too. A, yeah. a criminal, criminal element. But when yeah. I'm saying it's DIA, it's the, what is it, Defense Intelligence yeah. Agency? Yeah. So it's like when I'm seeing, oh, these are like, oper these are like government operations uh you know that we're employing i get it there is um, a necessity for you know such clandestine services. services yeah yeah there's definitely uh there's 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 a need for it yeah you know? but I it's like on that. when you he mentioned will smith mentioned says it wouldn't lie me he say uh when your government is trying to kill you <laughs> and that put things into perspective like you know like they're trying to neutralize them but i don't know 
it's um this whole cloak and dagger thing it's it's delicate like mm-hmm. america's is as i mentioned i i used the analogy where america is a person but uh she's a gangster she has her light and and righteous and benevolent side but she do she does some gangster things in the shadows and it's, it's necessary to keep the boat afloat what so is what it is but um what are your thoughts on um, the conventional on, on using I don't want to call them hitmen but uh, using people of that nature to uh, stop conflicts or uh, neutralization it's tricky because we don't assassinate people <laughs> the American government doesn't do that but well, they actually have um we do, but they have their own. Um, each, my understanding is, each president had a not a code word, but a word that they used, or like neutralization, or or, or something of, of those lines. I think um, I'm. I don't know. I don't know. It's... On this one, I do feel like it's a necessary evil. I'm gonna agree with you on this. Um. And I'm a little biased because I'm fascinated by hitmen and assassins. So that's espionage, all that shit I'm very fascinated by. You me both. Um, I can see where it can get us in some shit, but then also like it can prevent like actual conflict, like us boots on the ground kind of thing. Indeed. Usually one well-placed shot stops a waste of millions of rounds, basically. Like kind of like what snipers credo, like my one shot eliminates having to send out five hundred men, basically. Hmm. So I have to agree with you. Like, and I hate it because I know it could also be used for purposes not necessarily righteous ones. It'd be like. Yeah, we're trying to protect this oil field, so let's take out this person. Compared to, hey, let's hit this rogue general that is inciting terrorism in all these different places. Those are two different targets, Absolutely. two different motives. So that's that's my conflict right there. Is a scenario like that. So let me throw in um, a technical monkey wrench. Okay. How do you feel about autonomous drones? by taking out human targets without, mm. um, how do you say, without human intervention. More or less, it's like images are fed to this machine, mm-hmm. uses a little facial recognition, or let's just say it targets your smartphone mm-hmm. and it sends ordinance without um, human intervention. I don't like it. Interesting. I don't like that. Um, will we get to that point? Yeah, I see I that. In we're the very close to that. Yeah, if we're not already doing it from what we know. So we got to remember, there's levels to this. So need to know basis, what hasn't been exposed or what. Yeah, like I, I don't feel comfortable with that at all. Because remember, what they do abroad, they also can do domestically. Indeed. And I've been considering that as well, given the, um, the, the growing amount of drone strikes abroad 
And my understanding, that was what uh, Barack Obama faced some uh, potential impeachment blacks for. Mm-hmm. His, uh, his use of unauthorized drone strikes in, in Pakistan. But again, going with the whole um, terrorism, like, yeah, it's yet to be done, but as you mentioned, it could possibly be, uh, drones could be employed against uh, U.S. citizens. Um, I think it would have to get pretty bad for that, but um, it's, it's difficult to say. I'm trying to think what else really resonated with me in, um, from the movie, though. It was, a, by far, it was a very uh, compelling flick, very, very uh, great. For me, it was fascinating. I, and this is my opinion on it, since I watch movies all the time. Like, I kind of, I thought it was good, not awesome, but mm-hmm. I like, I do feel like. Come on, good and not awesome? For me. I watch a lot, especially espionage and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Watch a lot of that kind of stuff. I do feel like it was missing something. Maybe more of, a, and I, and I will say I missed probably something when I walked in. Yeah, like I probably missed a good like minute. The- huh? Like half the film. I didn't miss half the film. <laughs> I told you I came in. He was on the couch talking about that last hit. But the, um, the the opening scenes were pretty intense. But I will say this: I feel like I needed more backstory on Will Smith. I think that was missing. So you recall that he was a Marine? No. Okay, so he was a Marine. I don't re- remember if they said if he was enlisted or commissioned. And I really don't talk to his buddies, but I don't remember. They didn't really mention too much. Yeah, I don't. He may have skimmed over like what operations he participated in, in the past. But, yeah, he mentioned that. Yeah, I think he might have been a sniper. And well, yeah, I'm gonna uh, go on a long shot. Get it? Pun intended. Long <laughs> shot. He was a sniper in the Marines. Yeah, and, I think. I think I think that's kind of the part. It felt like something was uh, missing from. And the guy. Um, and I totally forgot his name, but the the guy who was running that, who was the guy who was a father to his clone. Uh, fuck, I forgot his name. Um, totally lost his name. So yeah, I forgot but, his uh, name. Either way, he. My understanding is that Will Smith's character trained underneath him as well. Yes, I remember that much. Yes. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just felt like. Something was missing. I didn't mind the movie. Pacing wasn't too bad. A little, little slow in a couple parts, but... What did you think about the hand-to-hand combat? Oh, I loved all that. Like, Krav Krav? Yeah. I think that was like a lot of crowd. Probably a mix. Krav. It was probably a mix of stuff. But it was um, very... Uh, the fight yeah. scenes, I was actually yeah. pretty impressed with the close quarters. Uh, yeah, combat. I was about to say. I was loving that, too. The gunplay was awesome. Um yeah. So uh, the motorcycle scenes, or I'm sorry, the dirt bike scenes is pretty tough. Yeah. Well, but overall, it's a film I, I would recommend seeing it, and at least it will spark some ideas about, um, you know, the ethics of cloning. Yeah, definitely. And it's like 
I like Hollywood for that because we have all these, uh, whether it's artificial intelligence, whether it's cloning, it's mm -hmm. um, they're experimenting or they're, they're providing scenarios for us. You know, mm -hmm. we don't have to wait for it to happen and be like, oh, like, that's bad. We shouldn't do that. Like, Hollywood's kind of going down that route and they're kind of giving us some of the potential realities that could come from, um, you know, these techniques and technologies and, and things that we're experimenting with. And that's why I, I enjoyed that film. Looking forward to seeing that next Terminator, though. Yeah, I'm hyped for that. I'm not even on front. I'm hyped for that. Definitely hyped for that. I've seen the preview and yeah, I'm really hyped. So. You already know, right? They're they're showing the, the the exponential growth of technology, right? Remember, you had the the first Terminator was just mm -hmm. real rich joints and everything along that nature, and then the second Terminator came, and it was yeah. like with metal and could shape shift, and it was a hundred, if not a thousand percent upgrade from the previous one. Then what was next? The third one? I remember. Oh, it was yeah, the they had, this is five or four. I couldn't even tell you because there's Terminator Three was with the female, then there was another I Terminator. I, I saw that one. I didn't see the third one. I seen the fourth I one. Seen the third one either. I'm first seeing the fourth one and maybe one after that. But this one is pretty dope, and why I'm excited for it because it is like the uh, you already have your Terminator, which is always badass. But this one is like I believe it's Sarah Connor mm -hmm. turns herself into a cyborg. And the difference between a cyborg and an android, an android is not human. It's just, it can appear to be human, but it's a, it's essentially, it's just a machine. It's a conscious, sentient machine. A cyborg, however, is a human that's interfacing with technology. But she interfaced with the, the tech to the next level, to the fact where she could compete with the, with the Terminator. Like, she could shapeshift. She could do like uh, all this wild, crazy stuff because she had all this technology embedded into her, and mm -hmm. that's the far future of humanity. Like, like it's yeah. that's technically I'm a cyborg because I wear glasses. I'm interfacing with technology. This is seconds on my face. Having a smartwatch makes you a cyborg too. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's something I ain't really think of. Yeah, well. That's going to be an interesting podcast on top of that, because that's going to bring up a whole string of other stuff we were talking about. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, zombie land, man. Or unless you got us. And what else was uh, stuff with you from, uh, from Gemini, man? Um, The biggest thing is holding on to humanity. We need to hold on to that as much as we can. Like, that was the biggest takeaway for me. Because of technology and how rapidly it's moving and how we're yes. trying to keep up with it as humans, I think you got to take a pause and be like, yo, just enjoy being human as long as we can. Because it's going to get to a point I don't know what we're going to get to, to be honest. Yes, that's a very valid point. That was the biggest takeaway from uh, Gemini Man. <laughs> My biggest takeaway with it. It's, and I, I hate that he sounds so cynical, but it's like, yeah. if it's possible, it's like, 
someone has already done it or is doing it right now. So it's, um... You can only assume there are human clones out there. Let's, uh, and I, and I, I draw this conclusion from just what's going went on in China. Did you hear about the genetical experiments done to make that, uh, I believe it was a female child not immune to AIDS or something like that? No. This guy I did a private, uh, he did some private genetical splicing to a child and mm-hmm. voila. Now he has this, uh, genetical. I don't want to call it mutation. Mm-hmm. Gen- we talking about genetic? Were, genomes were, were, were altered, and um, they did some sort of change. To, to What's that program? CRISPR? Isn't that the program? CRISPR, I think that's like gene slicing. Yeah, like uh, uh, maybe they maybe they use the maybe they use CRISPR for that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not too sure, but people are doing things behind closed doors. Who knows what powerful laboratories are doing as well. I wouldn't be surprised if I had a few clones out there coming to kill me, but like, it is what it is, but it really put things into perspective, but um, you mentioned a, a really big point about like how militaries would use that, but I would really prefer for militarily use to go towards machines, to go towards using drones and unarmed aircraft and, and vehicles. But from a, medical, right? from a medical perspective, yeah, unmanned. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want people shouldn't be in harm's way for war. I think that's so antiquated. But from a medical perspective, rather than cloning organs and everything like that, I do believe they are 3D printing hearts. Like, we're or we're very close to 3D printing hearts. Like, inorganic, using inorganic materials to make organs and, and things of that nature. Like, I think that's cooler than, than playing with genetics. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I got another question. Okay. Something with the military. If you're using machines like Iron Man, that's another example, where they were building the robots or whatever for military. Mm-hmm. It's Iron Man 2. Um, War machine, right? Yeah. So if you're doing that, what do you do with all the military folks that like does our military completely change we're no longer enlisting people anymore or how does that work that's hard to say because of tech- imagine you have machines that, that could maintain machines but then you may need people to maintain those machines i don't know because think I mean, about that's real in the grand scheme of things yeah. Like every year or every couple of years, we're gonna have to downsize. Technology's gonna take someone's job. Yeah. Like that's what it is. The at the end of the day, and right now, I mean, um, yeah, military would change. Like we're using more and more drones, disposable drones, um, like little handheld drones, like things of that nature. They're they're playing a big role in in, in military operations, but. As far as um, I, I can always foresee some some human in, intervention being involved. Yeah, I was just wondering because you mentioned I'm like, well, they go spec ops <laughs> eventually. Uh, uh, I don't know because remember that one robot that was doing? Did you see the one that was like dancing and doing all that crazy type of stuff by Boston <laughs> Dynamics, I believe. Yeah, I, I know it's gonna take like years. It's not. Gonna oh be no, like- I'm saying all I could think of is like, yo. 
it'll be pretty scary to see this thing chasing me with the machine gun mounted on its head with some sensors. Like, Doesn't get tired. Moving mad fast. And yeah. I'm like, whoa. I can see that doing some spec ops stuff. But, um, I don't know, man. It's, I don't want to say far future because exponential growth is literally exponential growth. <laughs> it's very fast. Yeah, man. I, it's tough, man. Um, yeah, that's all I had on Gemini, man. That was the biggest thing. I just thought about humanity as a whole. That, that is a very great takeaway, you know, to, to embrace it because when you, the, the scene where the second clone, where they finally were able to, uh, to take him down and just seeing and he appeared to be human, but that lack of humanity in his eyes, no pain, no fear, nothing, even on his dying breath. Like, um, that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, he was human, but he would, he appeared to be human, but there's a, I'm, I'm gonna steal one of Chris Johnson's uh, famous sayings. There seemed to be the lack of the soul still. <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't quite there, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's, it's a future that I dread and it's pretty scary, where it's one thing, cool, now we have like, super fast killer robots coming after, you know, us now, but then it's like, genetically modified clones to see like a real, it's one thing when it's a wizard or it's a robot, but to look in a human's eyes and not see any type of soul or or, or, or empathy or, or anything. That's, I don't know, I think that's even more terrifying. Just, just me. But um, what do we do though, man? Do we gotta set this in stone? Like, are, is that set in stone about rules for cloning and Nah, I think it's, I know most nations are against it, I would say, um, especially for religious reasons, obviously, um, but more on ethically, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it's going to get to a point, though, it's going to be like, like anything else, like the space race, the arms race, like. All right, who got the best clone? It's gonna come down to that at some point. There's something else I didn't consider as well, just with the whole cloning thing. We talked about military, talked about health, but the potential of slavery, people cloning people just for mm. like, but Lakery, I yeah. doubt that just because the whole technology automation. Thing, yeah, yeah, so I, I doubt that, but at the same time, it's just, um... Maybe it's it's a mental thing that I'm struggling It's a concept of cloning people. Mm-hmm. And if you, you, you do want to take it to a religious perspective, right? Mm-hmm. How does... Do you clone the soul, or what? what you what? don't, you can't. So what do you think? What do you think happens? But let's take the case in, in Gemini Man. Okay. Where it's like the, he had humanity. He, you know, but what was his soul like? What do you think? There is none. I don't. That's you something. Don't think he had a soul? I'm not. I can't I even would... define. It. I think the soul is the consciousness. 
I think it's like yeah, it, it, it's your unique consciousness. Even though yeah. he was a clone of his, you know, of the senior, it, he still has his own unique consciousness, his own unique memories, his own uh, unique experiences. So, well, that's the thing with the cloning. You can put whatever you want in there, though. If I'm correct, right? Memories and whatnot. Um, I don't know if that was um a facet represented in in, in uh this mm-hmm. movie. Did they have false memories? Because his backstory was like, oh yeah, you were an orphan, blah blah blah. Yeah. I raised you, so there were no false memories. Okay. Now in other uh, sci-fi films that is a concept of you know you having false memories but mm-hmm. in this case he was raised from a child a clone child and has his own memories and his own experiences and i think that's the soul i know this is an entire podcast in and of itself yeah i don't i i struggle with that too like what is the the nature of the soul and perhaps understanding that would maybe help me understanding the situation with clones mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's tricky. I think people interpret soul differently, so it depends on the person. Yeah, true. I know for me, it's hard to explain. It's more like something you feel you know. It's like instinctive, intuitive. Interesting. In my opinion, like for me, it's just there. It's either there or not. And like, that's it. Like, I feel like, like looking at those clones i'm like maybe the second one felt more like it had more of a soul than that third one that third well the second clone i'm sorry the second clone felt soulless yeah and the first clone felt like it had a soul because it was nurtured even though it was cloned it was nurtured it still had the emotions and stuff so i don't know Either way, it creeps me the fuck out. I'm just going to be honest with you. That, all that creeps me out. So remember how they took all that blood from us in, uh, in processing into the Air Force? Yeah. It like a portion of that went to making our clones. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it's like somewhere in a fine print in our, like, what, 12-page military enlistment contract. Like, I remember yeah, you're gonna do X amount of years, and then your clones can do. There's <laughs> no telling, man. Who could say? Who could really say? But yeah, great flick. Big up, big ups to uh, Will Smith. Gemini, you, man. You look good for fifty, man. That was dope. I was like, man. I hope it's I look like that at fifty. He said, but his butt kept saying. Yeah. But yeah, great, uh, great film, man. Very great film. Want to brush up on that club, McGough, man. Yeah, I got a gym like not far from me, actually. You think you could whoop your um, your twenty-three year old self? Mm, I got him by weight. Yeah, definitely. My twenty-three year old self had me by weight. Oh uh, nah, my my twenty-three year old self is definitely smaller than me. You gotta think, I was in Korea when I was 23, compared like, to now. I was, I was in Italy when I was 23, but I was still like, I was eating pretty good and, and working out, so I was on my bodybuilding thing. Yeah, so and, yeah. I, was, and I was boxing training too, so. Yeah, yeah. I was leaner. It'll be a tough, it'll be a tough fight, but I think what I, and this is what I was just analyzing while watching the film as well, 
is that while the younger version of himself may have had that physical strength, he had years of practical experience, knowledge, and cunning, you know, to overpower him. And um, I think that practical experience goes a long way. But yeah, again, I can't say it enough. Awesome film. It was when you're looking at it. It was a research and development uh, project, watching the film. So, or not research and development, but more or less a research for the podcast. You know, because it had a lot of things to, to discuss, a lot of political issues that could come up in the, in the future, particularly with those um, emergences of private um, security companies. Yeah. But any closing remarks? Nah, this is a different podcast. We tried something a little different. Um, I enjoyed it, though, because oh, it's one geez. of my favorite pastimes is movies, so Cam knows this. So I think um, I'm going to try to support the arts and the theaters a bit more, and then we can incorporate it into the podcast. I think this was pretty good, particularly with uh, movies that have some uh, political issues. Absolutely. Uh, but how about uh, we give them some bonus material on Zombie Land? All right, cool. All right, thanks for joining, everybody. Catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.